This is RAF with Tony Tone and LA. Yo, what's up? This is your boy LA, aka the Love Ambassador, coming to you straight live and direct from the Jungle Studios. What? What? Yeah, it's Friday night. I pulled through the day. Congratulations. Pulled through the week. Yo, I'm feeling good. Well, not really, because I got exams coming up next week, and the study is crazy. So, uh, special thanks to all the people giving love on the last episode um, on the South Sudanese. And, uh, yo, really, even a lot of when the social workers are telling you you're doing the good thing, you're helping their jobs to help the people, then, you know, it's much love and as much love and as much love. All right, I'm going to keep it short and sweet because you want to hear some interesting shit and I'm tired, so let's make it happen. Well, actually, to be honest, we're on the verge of actually breaking our all-time record for listeners. Please hit subscribe because, you know, it's hard promoting this shit. But, yo, that's actually another reason why I'm doing it. So, top 10 most daring commando raids in history. I'm actually maybe going to do eight or nine because some of them are a little bit shit because they didn't work. Anyway, let's start off with the one most of us have always heard of. Troy, you've seen the film. If you haven't, great film. Bit of Brad Pitt action. Let's face it, fellas want to be him and ladies would love to be uh, with him. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. All right. Building on that, the Trojan horse, famous from the War of Troy. Perhaps one of the earliest examples of a successful commander raid can be found in the 12th century BC during the legendary siege of Troy. Though some historians doubt its certainty, both Homer's Iliad and Virgil's Aeneid histories point to a daring operation conducted by a select cadre of up to 30 Greek warriors who sealed themselves into the hollow body of enormous wooden horse statue. The symbol of the walled city of Troy, the horse, was cunningly offered as a gift to the Trojans as a Greek fleet disembarked for home. Seen as a sign of good luck and an offering to the goddess Athena, King Priam of Troy accepted the gift over the objections of several in his court. You've got to realise, I thought a long war and I thought that the, uh, the walls of Troy had seen off the Greek enemy. Lo and behold, that night the Greek commandos emerged from the horse, opened the gates to the rest of the Greek army that clandestinely returned to shore and sacked the city. They absolutely fucked it. Whether it's true or myth, the Greek raid of Troy using subterfuge and disguise still lives on as one of the most cunning and dangerous special operations raids of all time. Assault, assault on Eben Emil, a male, I can't, it's some Belgian word, the name for chocolates, not really much else, and, and beer from their monks. Anyway... The first modern military to embrace the concept of special operations, the German army of World War II, a.k.a. the Nazis, a bunch of pricks, anyway, let's keep going, conducted one of the first commando raids of the 20th century in the opening days of the invasion of France. Rehearsed in minute detail over a year, the raid by German paratroopers of Flieger Jäger on the Belgium fortress at Eben Emile is still considered one of the most thoroughly planned and executed commander operations in history. 
A nearly 80-man team of specially selected paratroopers, including engineers and assaulters, commanded by Captain S.A. Koch, flew aboard nine gliders to the heavily armoured fortress built as a part of the famed Maginot Line intended to blunt an anticipated German invasion after World War One. Slight history check. So after World War One, they... they France and Belgium basically build a massive line of like fortresses like you see in the old movies, like the castles, how they had the huge walls. Well, it was basically that tied in with um, big guns and defences, and it was basically to try and create a border. So if Germany was to try and attack, they wouldn't be able to get through that wall. It would be sort of a fortress they'd have to break through. So the way they did it was, A, in Germany... Uh, in Belgium like that, and B, they went through, I think, the Ardennes forest as well because they didn't build the fortress through the forest. Anyway, back to the commander raid. In the early morning hours of May 10th, 1940, and despite severe damage to their gliders from anti-aircraft fire and not a few servings of bad luck, the German commandos were able to neutralise the forts more than a dozen heavy guns they're unable to penetrate the fort itself and forced to fight off harassing attacks for more than a day before the Belgians surrendered, the paratroops rendered Eben MEL guns useless within minutes of the assault. The paratroopers were eventually relieved by German infantry supported by dive bombers and each of the participants was awarded a Medal of Valor for successful and daring raid. Number three, Intebert Raid. And one of the most iconic hostage rescues ever, and one that served to epitomise the cunning grit of the fledgling Jewish state, being Israel, the operation by Israeli commandos to seize a hijacked Air France jetliner in the Ugandan city of Entebbe perhaps epitomises how special ops could successfully blunt terrorist attacks. On June 27, 1976, an Air France flight out of Tel Aviv bound for Paris was hijacked by four terrorists, including two West German revolutionaries and two attackers from the Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine. After a brief stop in Athens and Tripoli, the plane eventually landed into the open arms of the then-dictator Idi Amin in Uganda. The terrorists demanded $5 million. Don't forget, this is in, what, 1976, so $5 million is a fuck-ton of money and the release of 40 Israeli-held Palestinian militants and threatened to kill the Israeli passengers of the flight. When negotiations eventually broke down, several days later, the Israeli military began planning a raid that would eventually involve nearly 100 men, including 29 assaulters from the legendary Sayeret Matkal, which was modelled off the British Special Air Service, who would fly to Entebbe Airport via Hercules Transports and rescue the hostages held in a nearby terminal building. In the late hours of July 4th, the C-130s carrying the assault team commanded by Lieutenant Colonel Yonatan Netanyahu lifted off from the Sinai bound for Entebbe. After landing at the Ugandan airport, the Sarat Matkal assaulters stormed off the plane in a series of vehicles similar to a motorcade used by Idi Amin. <laughs> That's actually fucking clever. The team eventually secured the hostages, killed the hijackers, and held off a Ugandan army attack until they lifted off from Entebbe 90 minutes later. In all, three hostages of the four were killed, one Israeli commando was killed, and five were wounded. Operation Neptune Spear. This is the Bin Laden one, so... Uh, you know, let's uh, make it happen.
It's no longer much of a secret that the operation to kill or capture Osama bin Laden was one of the most ballsiest raids ever launched by special ops troops that it actually was. From the months of practice and full mock-ups of the Apotabid Pakistan bin Laden compound to the clandestine attempts to get DNA samples of the terrorist mastermind, Operation Neptune Spear will surely remain at the top of the list of the most daring commando raids for years to come. On the night of May 1st, 2011, a selection team of about 24 SEALs from the Naval Special Warfare Development Group flew aboard previously unknown stealth Black Hawk helicopters and assaulted Bin Laden's sprawling combat deep in Pakistani territory. After a crash nearly threw the operation sideways, the SEALs successfully assaulted the compound, killing Bin Laden, his son Khalid, his courier Ahmed al-Khawati, al-Khawati's brother Abra and his wife. The raid took a total of 38 minutes, with more than half the time devoted to plundering the compound's trove of intelligence, including computers, hard drives, and documents. The almost unimaginably complex raid was a complete success, with all operators successfully exfiltrating the compound without a single casualty. Wow. And if you remember anything from the raid, it would probably be the radio call from Bin Laden's room, Forgotten Country, Geronimo E. K-I-A. Okay. Uh, uh, just scrolling through a couple. All right, let's have a look at another one. <coughs> Operation Oak. It was July 1943 and the Allies were beginning their push north from Sicily and bombing Rome. With the Nazis tied up in the epic battle of Kursk in Ukraine, Italian fascist leader Benito Mussolini was left to his own devices after Grand Fascist Council passed a no-confidence vote on his leadership and he was arrested. Eventually, imprisoned at the Campo Imperatore ski resort high on a mountain in Italy, Mussolini was thought to be safe from any escape, but Hitler had other plans. So on September 12, 1943, elite paratroopers from the German... Oh my God, this is going to be hard to pronounce. Falskrim Jäger and Waffen SS commandos flew gliders to the mountaintop redoubt, landing atop the resort and subduing Mussolini's 200 captors without firing a shot. Yep, that sounds like Italian police for you. Uh, they're probably more interested in lunch and picking up the chicks. But I'll be nice to them when I'm there for a, about a week in August. The Italian strongmen then whisk away aboard a short takeoff, the prop plane, and eventually took up residence in Vienna, Austria. That was a bit of a tongue twister, I'm sorry. Basically, they put Mussolini onto a glider, didn't even fire a shot at the Italians, and uh, yeah, took him back to Vienna. Dubbed Operation Oak by the German High Command, the command operation was bold and technically difficult given the remoteness and altitude of the Campo Imperatore Resort, not to mention the complement of 200 well-trained Carabinieri guards securing the site, all of whom surrendered to the elite German operators without a fight. <sighs> yep. Do want to change sides. All right. Anyway, Operation Nimrod. Basically, this one was live on television. Uh, Operation, dubbed Operation Nimrod, the SAS assaulters repelled from the roof of the embassy and crashed through the ground floor to rescue 26 hostages taken by an extremist Arabic independence group. For six days in April and May of 1980, a team of six terrorists besieged the 
embassy deadlocking on negotiations with British officials. This was the Iranian embassy in London. On May 5th, the SAS was cold in after the terrorists killed one of their hostages and the raid was launched in broad daylight. More than 30 assaulters were involved in the raid, which killed all but one of the terrorists. One hostage was killed in the crossfire. While the entire raid lasted only 17 minutes, the SAS was embroiled in controversy over its tactics, with some questioning whether the commandos used excessive force. That is fucking ridiculous. The commandos, they're supposed to use excessive force. What, just go and hand out fucking balloons and streamers and frickin' party pies? Hey, sorry, Mr. Terrorist. We're not allowed to use excessive force. Please hand it back after you've killed one of your hostages. Muppets. One of the terrorists escaped with the hostages, but was discovered by an SAS operator later and served a 27-year prison sentence. You're beauty. All right, let's do the last one. The Ruskies. Because, you know, you've got to be fair. All right. One of the boldest terrorist hostage takings in history. I actually remember this happening. Chechen separatists besieged a Moscow theatre holding more than 800 people captive for nearly a week. Up to 40 Chechen terrorists, including female suicide bombers, strapped with explosives and detonators, held theatre-goers for a days demanding the withdrawal of all Russian forces from the Republic of Chechnya. Negotiations broke down, two hostages were killed, and the Russian government spooled up the elite alpha group of the Federation's Spitznets. On October 26, 2002, using a specialised gas to knock out both the terrorist captors and the hostages pumped in through the theatre's air ducts, the Alpha troops stormed the theatre guns blazing. No quarter, which means like no kind of mercy or um, yeah, allowing them to live, basically, it was given to the terrorists, some of whom lay unconscious with bombs still strapped to them and their thumbs on the detonator. The Spitznets commandos shot 40, nearly 40 Chechen terrorists and captured several more. What was interesting about this was that they didn't actually know... No one actually found out what the gas was, and 130 people eventually died from either suffocation or poisoning from the gas, and some of the commandos still had issues later on. So that's a, that's a couple of interesting raids for you. I'm sure there is plenty more. If you do have interest, I am willing to research and look up more. But let's just face it, it's Friday night and you've got a weekend ahead. And, yeah, well, I've got more study. Wish me luck because um, <laughs> I might, yeah, I might need it. Well, I'll try. I'll try to pass my exams. I really hope I do. But, you know, let's see what happens. Good weekend, all, and take care. What? Peace.